Greetings from Quail Lakes Baptist Church in Stockton, California. Thank you for your interest in our downloadable messages. Our more recent teachings, such as Pastor Mark's current sermon series, are always available on iTunes. However, for a more comprehensive offering of Quail's Bible-based teachings from Pastor Mark and others, we offer an extensive archive of downloadable sermon MP3s on our website, as well as information on our fellowship and our ministries. Please visit us online at www.qlbc.org. These messages are also available on CD or cassette. For more information, please call our church office at 209-951-7380. We trust you will be blessed and edified by what you are about to hear. Thank you for listening. Amen. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 is our passage today as we come to a conclusion in our series, Living as a Passionate Lifelong Follower of Jesus. Galatians chapter 5. Here's the key concept for this morning. A passionate follower of Jesus will treat others with practical kindness. Practical kindness. I'm going I'm to use a heading today for this kind of living, and that is warm-heartedness, practical kindness, warm-heartedness. As we close our series, what, we're, what we've been talking about throughout these weeks has been how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, our word for that is a passionate, lifelong follower. But disciple is a well-known word descript- a description of what we're talking about. And when we talk about being a disciple, we usually talk about living and, and engaging in the disciplines of the faith. And it makes sense to do so because disciple and discipline are related words. And so we talk a lot about Bible reading and prayer and worship and service. Talk to, uh, it tends to be a lot about doing. These are the things we do as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, today I'm going to just pivot a little bit away from that and talk about being. What are we to be inside if we are lifelong followers of Jesus Christ? And my heading, I'll summarize, is we are to be warm-hearted. And the qualities that I mean by warm-hearted are found within Paul's description of what he calls the fruit of the Spirit, particularly the, the middle section of the fruit of the Spirit, patience, kindness, and goodness. That's what we're going to concentrate on today. So read with me Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We're talking about patience, kindness, and goodness, warm-heartedness. From that quality within, it'll change the way we treat others around us. So how do you treat others? What is your reputation for how you treat others? I ask it because right now it seems that America is filled with angry and short-tempered people. In fact, we've been inventing new categories of anger. We now have road rage, consumer rage, sports event violence, workplace violence, domestic violence, school uh, violence. We see that all around us. We've seen it just this past week. 
right? Seems that there's an anger out there that's just kind of a diffuse anger. I remember once we were in a staff meeting here at the church and some of the staff members were reporting out on the programs that they run and we were kind of giving updates what was going on and so forth. And at one point the person said, well, I want, I, I'm, I want to report that our anger management support group is totally full. And at first we said, great, but then hold on. <laughs> is that great? There's a lot of anger out there. We have fostered what Professor James Garabino of Cornell University calls a culture of vulgarity. Swear words and vulgar language common in our music and on TV. C. Leslie Charles has written a book entitled, Why is Everyone So Cranky? It's a good title and a good question. Here's what he writes inside. He says, a fuming, unrelenting sense of anger, hostility, alienation simmers Eventually, all it takes is a triggering incident, sometimes minor, for the hostile person to go ballistic. And none of you are surprised at hearing that because it seems to be accepted now. We see it on our television. It washes into our homes, people reacting in anger. And soon life turns into an exercise of getting through your day, keeping your head down, and hoping you get home safe. But that's not how the people of God are meant to live. That's not what the people of God are meant to be. Over against that picture is a picture that demonstrates what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit, that center three qualities that I call warm-heartedness, patience, kindness, goodness. We need to concentrate there. Let's start them. Let's take them one at a time. First of all, patience. Nobody likes it when I talk about patience. I recognize that. We're all impatient with that. I used to have a coffee mug. It said, Lord, give me patience. Give it to me right now. <laughs> you see the irony of that, but that's absolutely the case. You know, we admire patience at a certain level. Someone has said we always admire a, a, a patience in the driver behind us, but never in the driver in front of us. Some translations Use the word long-suffering there. The ability to be long-suffering in, in the journey of life. It's the ability not to lose hope when things are not going your way immediately. Patience. It means waiting with endurance. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Waiting with endurance is patience, but nobody really likes waiting because somehow we think that nothing's happening when we wait. But that's wrong. Because while we're waiting, God is working. Wait for the Lord. I shared with this little saying with you before. It came to me on a calendar. It used to be that funeral homes would give pastors calendars every year, stacks of them to, to give out. They don't do that anymore. But on one of the calendars on the bottom, there was this saying. It said this, never think that God's delays are God's denials. Hold on, hold fast, hold out. Patience is genius. I love that. I don't know what funeral home gave it to me, but I love it. Hold on, hold out, hold fast. Patience is genius. Because sometimes it's just sticking with something. That is the true genius. We're too restless. We're too anxious. We, we, we give up too easy. But while we wait, God is working. 
Patience is waiting with endurance. Patience is the ability to move forward in trust. And really, trust is the foundation of everything I'm talking about today. These qualities that I'm calling warm-heartedness, patience, kindness, goodness, all of these are based on trust, a trust in God, moving forward in trust. There are two parts there. First of all is moving forward, because I want you to see that there's a difference between patience and apathy. I mean, there are people around you, you probably know, who have no goals in life, who are totally indifferent about life. Their house is falling apart. The car is a death trap. Their bank book never gets balanced. Projects never get done. Don't look at them and say, look how patient they are. No, they're just apathetic. They just don't care. Don't confuse the two. Patience is not apathy. Patience comes in when you have a goal, when you're moving forward, when you want to get someplace, when you have hope, but you recognize It might be a while until you get there. When you see that God's timing is not always my timing, I need to be patient. And the key is to do that in trust, trusting that God is aware and he knows, he sees. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking and he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? The truth is, we are called to trust in God, His providential care. We are called to trust that God is watching over His children. Trust that your personnel file has not been lost in the offices of heaven. God is aware of what's going on in your life, and you can wait on Him. What that means is this, young adults, it means it it takes trust saturated patience to choose to live a lifestyle that you can afford now and not jump into credit card debt in order to gain all the things that you saw your parents have as you were growing up because it took them years to get that. That's trust-saturated patience. Students, it takes trust-saturated patience to pursue your education that will set you up for a career even though it means perseverant study. Parents, it takes trust-saturated patience to regularly discipline your children and correct them so that you can live at peace in your home and your kids aren't running amok and that you don't live in anarchy. Employees, it takes trust-saturated patience not to quit your job when you don't get that promotion, to recognize that opportunities for advancement will come. For all of us, it takes trust-saturated patience to give people a second chance when they let you down not to write people off when the first encounter doesn't go well. Trust-saturated patience. That's what we're called to exhibit. F.B. Meyer said, Do not be in too great a hurry. There is time for everything that has to be done. He who gave you your life work has given you just enough time to do it. He that believeth will not make haste. Patience. And I believe that this sense of spirit-born patience and endurance enables us to carry on the the next quality, and that is kindness. And they go together this way. When you're patient, you make room for people. When you're patient, you slow down a little bit and can see people. You see their situation. You see their need, and there's an opportunity to bless others as we don't just run past them. Patience. It leads to kindness a graciousness towards others. Here's what one author writes about this quality. It is a a mildness of temper 
a calmness of spirit, an unruffled disposition that disposes us to make all around us as happy as possible. Kindness. Ephesians 4, Paul says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I hope you see the connection between kindness and Christ-like forgiveness. Because what it means is we're, we're willing to be gracious ahead of time. We're willing to care for people before they earn it. That's kindness. It's a, it's a readiness of heart to do that. And it's born of the same trust that gives birth to patience. See, very often we're not kind because we think that if I, if I was going to be kind, I'm going to be taken advantage of. So I just don't trust that I'm going to get along if, if I'm kind. Think of the person in your life who you, you would consider to be unkind. There's probably somebody in the neighborhood, at the workplace, wherever. And I want you to recognize that really what they are is afraid. Because there's a mindset out there that says, I've got to get my peace. I've got to get my stuff. I've got to have, make sure uh, nothing is, nothing, no one's getting ahead of me because if somebody else gets something, that means less for me. That, that kind of small-mindedness, this perspective that causes that person to be very unkind and very often very lonely. But that's never the believer's mindset. It shouldn't be. Why? Because we don't have a God of scarcity. We have a God of abundance who wants to bless, who knows our need, who can be trusted to walk with us in the journey of life. Therefore, I can be the instruments of care and kindness for others. I can bring blessing into the lives of other people, recognizing it's not going to cost me anything. I'm not going to lack anything because I am the instrument of blessing for somebody else. That's kindness. And kindness is really taking on the very heart of God, I want, you to show, I want to show you Exodus 34, 6. Here's the scene. In Exodus 34, Moses is up on, on Mount Sinai. He's getting the Ten Commandments. And, and during that encounter, God actually speaks to Moses about himself. And in Exodus 34, 6, it says he passed in front of Moses proclaiming. This is God speaking. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Now, that is how God describes himself to Moses. And what I want you to understand is the first part of that description the Lord, compassionate, gracious, abounding in love and faithfulness, that phrase is the most often repeated phrase throughout the Bible describing God. When God writes the book about himself, this is how he describes himself, compassionate, gracious, abounding in love and faithfulness. It's as if God is saying to Moses and by extension to us, let me tell you about myself. I can get angry. I punish the wicked, but that's not where I start. I'm not up in heaven with a hammer just waiting for you to slip up so whack, I can get you. No, no, I'd much rather show you the other side, the, what we'll call kindness side. I'd much rather demonstrate that to you, compassionate, gracious, abounding in love and faithfulness, even though we have rebelled against him. That's who he is towards us. 
And Jesus calls us to be like that too. Listen to Luke chapter 6. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get in return. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is, there it is, the word kind. He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's us. He is kind. We have to trust in the one who has demonstrated kindness to us even though we are in rebellion. Kindness to us that we can be kind to others. It's a disposition to, to help in a gracious way. And kindness leads to goodness. They're related. And I think they're related this way. I think goodness is the action that springs from the attitude of kindness. If I'm kind, if I have that disposition within me, I, I will seek to be good to the people around me. It's putting it to work. Good, when we say something is good, we mean that's the way it's supposed to be. That's, that's a good job. When you hit a home run, good hit. When you're successful at work on a project, good job there on that project. This, this is just what we meant to have happen. That's just the way it's supposed to be. And goodness is the way we're meant to live. This is the life that we are called to, a life of goodness. This is how life is meant to be done. As Paul gives us the fruit of the Spirit here, where this, the greater passage is, he's saying, this is what the Spirit wants to produce in those who are the property of Jesus, the family of God. He wants to grow this in us. And part of it is this warm-heartedness, patience, kindness, goodness, when we say a person is a good person, usually there's two things that we're kind of saying. We're saying, first of all, there's a warmth to that person. There, there's a quick smile, a ready laugh. This is a person you want to be with, that, that you enjoy their company. That's part of what we're saying. And the other part of what we're saying is that they, they do good. The, their actions demonstrate the kindness within. They do good deeds. They do good things just the things that are called for to meet the needs, just the things that would be right in that situation. That's what we're meant to be and to do, patient, kind, good. Now, that takes discernment, and discernment takes prayer. Because how, how do you do that? How do you live that way, right? Should you give money to everybody who asks of you? Well, kindness might say yes, but maybe we, goodness says, well, let's think this through. We want to help. How can we help best? How can we really do good here? Maybe it's to see and to solve the root of the problem. But it's never to walk away and not care. It's never to dismiss or to deny. Should you say yes to every single request that comes your way in a fallen world? The answer is probably no. But, but there is some good action that we should take. Even if maybe it's just prayer. Or being motivated to bring the solution to the situation. But goodness takes action. Goodness does something. And we need to be people who are good. Patience, kindness, goodness. These are traits of a person that I'll call warm-hearted. But all these traits can be counterfeit by the flesh, can't they? In other words, I can do actions and the activity that may look like the fruit of the Spirit, but really, I'm doing these things from another source. How can you tell the difference? 
when the Spirit of God is producing this in us, God will get the glory and we will be joyful about that. That's how you tell the difference. Because when the flesh is at work, when we're doing it just motivated by the flesh, the labor will be done for the praise of man and the pride of life and the glory will not go to God. So part of it is understanding ourselves and recognizing that for those of us who are followers of Jesus, the Spirit wants to produce these things in us purely from Him for God and His glory. We bear the fruit, but He produces it, and the glory goes to the source. So, wrapping the series together, a passionate, lifelong follower is going to grow in the areas that God calls us to grow in. And one of those areas is internal, what we are within We are called to be more like Him. And what is He like? Our God is patient, kind, and good. And we rejoice that it is so. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You love us so much. We thank You that You call us to demonstrate the characteristics of the people in your family. We are connected to You. You are our Father. We are Your children. And so the family traits should show. The family evidence should be there. We should be more and more like you. Help us, Heavenly Father, to to do that. Forgive us for the times that we think our timing is all important, that our way is the best way. Forgive us for the moments when pride overtakes patience, and Lord, we just insist. We rather would take a back seat and allow your will to work. So help us to be more like you. Help us to demonstrate warm-heartedness to those we care about and those you bring us to. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The team is back to lead us in a closing song. Let's stand together as we sing. Amen. As Tony leads out this song in the verse, I pray that you, um, you sing along with the chorus anthem. Let my life song sing to you. I want to sign your name to the end of this day, knowing that my heart was true, learning to be those passionate followers of Jesus Christ that was talked about today. Empty hands out high Such warm sacrifice If not joined with my life in vain tonight May the words I sing And the things I do May my life song sing Bring a smile to you
As always, as we come to the end of the service, we have prayer counselors next to the organ by the prayer table. They will wait for you. Maybe there's an issue for prayer in your life. You slip forward and they'll represent you to the Savior that they love and know. But first, let's all pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you watch over us and you know our way. Dismiss us now with your blessing. Enable us in the week ahead to live the kind of lives that demonstrate that we are taking on the character of our Heavenly Father. Help us do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming.